Medical Quandaries. I'm Jessica Veldstra. And I'm Denise Thompson. And today we have a special episode in which case we're going to answer all of the things. All of the things. We're going to answer a bunch of like little ethical quandaries that we're like, hey, this would be a good episode, except for I don't know how I'm going to talk for 30 minutes on that subject. At least, yeah, at least 30 <laughs> minutes. We've had some shorter ones because we're like, oh, it needs to be its own episode, but it's only 24 minutes. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. We're going to just smush a whole bunch of them into one episode. I also noticed that there was a tagline that we used when we first started the podcast, which we actually don't use anymore in our podcasting. What was that? It was where we said that we... Have a lot of questions. But no answers. But we're judging you anyway? Like... Oops, we dropped that somewhere. Did we? Apparently. But we are judging you. <laughs> just letting you know, we're still judging you. We, and we do have a lot of questions. <laughs> and no answers. Mm. And actually, well, sometimes, sometimes we do, we have, do have, some have some answers for just, us. Just we sessions, have, I had some answers. We have answers for us. Mm-hmm. So for everyone. So we got some of these questions from an article, 10 ethical questions answered on CNN. And then we have some of them that are our own original that we thought of. So <laughs> here's a question. If you see something at a yard sale or consignment shop and it's far more valuable than the posted price, do you have to let the seller know? So, like, when I go into the consignment shop... (laughs) That's what I was thinking And I see something that they've marked at, like, $2 and I know it is, like, brand new Uh and I know that this brand is worth at least $60 to even $100. Uh No! No. Snatch that puppy up for two bucks, and I don't say a freaking word until I'm out the door, and then I call my friends and Marco Polo them and tell them what a great deal I got and well, prance around on the and screen. And here's the thing also with consignment shops is that, like, also, I don't sit there and complain when the Old Navy brand is marked up, like, for $12 when I know I could actually buy it at Old Navy for 6 So I don't complain about either. I just don't buy the thing, and I just shop oh, around. I, I, so it's all on me. Yeah. I completely bitch and complain. Not to the people who work there. <laughs> well, yeah, there, not to, I mean, but you, you brag about to your friends and you complain to your friends. You don't complain to the people that work there. Yeah, I think the last time I went to the consignment shop, I brought in a whole bunch of name brand clothing, like almost pretty new, brought it in in a bag. They didn't take any of it. Mm-hmm. And I was shopping while they were try- going through my clothes, and I came across three, <laughs> three baby Groot t-shirts. No, come on. That's the, that's the epitome of high fashion, Denise. Baby Groot. <laughs> Apparently. Three <laughs> Baby Groot t-shirts that were probably from Walmart to begin with, uh, and they did not take my name brand clothes. Right. So we're saying at a yard sale, so that, that's not, you know, a consignment shop is like more of a business, but a yard sale. If it's someone and I... And I feel like they actually just, I feel like the consignment shop, that's their job yeah. to know what they have and, and what they don't have. And if they're not have, doing their job, that's I, you know, on them. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a hit or miss with their pricing. So. I mm. think with the yard sale, possibly, mm-hmm. if it's something that looks sentimental or something that looks like it didn't fit there that they didn't quite know that they were putting out. Right. Like, or, you know, you, you're buying a trunk and then you open the trunk and it has like an old blanket in it or something. Yeah. I think. I think go back and tell yeah, them. Maybe, I actually, or... he says that you don't have any ethical responsibility. Yeah, to actually tell them, and I'm like, I think I would, and like, if I saw something that was way underpriced, to be like, hey, did you mean to price this like this? Yeah, 
because you know, especially with a yard sale, because I feel like that's such a one-on-one individual. They're not. That's not their job. That's not what they do for a living. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I actually disagreed with them on that one. So one of our um, questions. So something I always think of is breaking the law. We talked about that in the sessions thing. You're not supposed to break the law unless there's a higher law. Well, speeding is a law, but I almost exclusively go five miles over the speed limit at all times. I have actually never gotten pulled over, never gotten a ticket, never had any interaction basically with a couple I was driving, but I almost always go five miles over the speed limit because if you don't, like, you're holding up traffic, but technically I'm breaking the law. And I know in other areas, like, you can get pulled over for going the speed limit because you're not going with the flow of traffic. So, what so do we is think it about unethical? That? Yeah. To not follow the speed limit by five miles an hour? Yeah. I would say culturally, you're mm. you're dealing with culture there, culture and is, culture yeah. is to at least go five miles over the speed yeah. limit to keep the flow of traffic going. Mm-hmm. The speed limit, or so if it's fifty five, you're fifty five or sixty, right, or yeah. somewhere in between there. there. There, yeah. Is it unethical to speed over that? I don't necessarily think it's unethical. I mean, yes, you're bra- breaking, breaking the, the law. law. So, so I guess you could argue but, for that. But I would say, like in like the Wasilla area, there's like this area that like almost the whole flow of traffic is going 80, even though the speed limit's 65. And I almost always go 80 because you have to kind of keep with it because it's a safety issue. So yeah. actually, going slower would be because people get rear-ended if yeah. they're not uh-huh. going. Yeah, so there, yes, you're dealing with culture, you're dealing with the flow of safety. traffic, you're dealing with safety, but at the same time, I I also think that if you are speeding... Uh-huh. Like, speeding way over the flow of traffic. And you get pulled over... Then you have to... Don't complain, no. don't act don't like lie. a... Yeah, it's ridiculous. I might cry because I've broken my record of 37 years of never... <laughs> no, okay, I've only been driving yeah. for... <laughs> Maybe not that long. Uh, when did I, I started driving when I was 14, 37 minus 14. That's hard math. <laughs> Write us if you know the answer to that math question. <laughs> but, but yeah, I might cry, but it would be not, not to get out of the ticket. It would just be an emotional response. <laughs> and I would only tell the pee story if I actually legitimately had to pee. Had to pee. Yeah. So I have a question. Okay. Is it unethical to lie to your kids about Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny? Ooh. I think, okay. Here's, and do people consider it lying? Right. Here's the thing. I actually think it's really important to tell your kids the truth in an age-appropriate way. That being said, I think that there is a level of fantasy that is perfectly acceptable and should be actually encourage in your children using their their imagination so I think there's a thin line to walk there because I do not like parents who insist that Santa Claus is real when their children ask about it I like the ones that have it like this is a fun game isn't this fun this is a fun like make-believe thing like oh Santa Claus is gonna put all the things under the tree oh the tooth fairy is gonna put money under your pillow wink wink nudge nudge that's fun I don't like the extremes of either making Santa like evil Santa equals Satan Satan. yeah no I'm I'm not big on that And I'm not big on the insisting that something is real that is not. Because I think that your kids will then say, what else are they lying to me about? It also brings up God. Well, I can't see God and I can't see Santa. So did, like, my parents lie to me about God too. And that comes up a lot. So I think that using imagination and having fun is great. 
Um, but you know, doing it in that spirit of like kind of silliness and the fun make believe is is where you want to keep that realm, not in the insisting that something's true that is not. And by that point, by the time your kids are asking you questions about it, I feel like it's for you at that mm-hmm. point. If you're lying to them and they're already suspecting, yeah, you can you can still have fun with this yeah. once they. I okay, so I never remember I, yeah. believing in mm-hmm. Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. Yet I got money mm-hmm. under my pillow. Yep. We had gifts from Santa. You know, with we, quotes. We went on and off with the Santa, maybe a little bit evil, but St. Nicholas, the Dutch Santa Claus, he's perfectly cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that was how it was explained to yeah. me, was that it was this real person, mm-hmm. we celebrate him, we have fun with this, the Easter Bunny is fun. Right, it's fun. You know, there was all this, and so it was a fun thing. Mm-hmm. I got Easter baskets, I didn't feel like I really missed out. I think the only holiday I feel like I didn't experience as a child and feel like it actually kind of hindered me mm-hmm. was we weren't allowed to celebrate Halloween right. at all mm-hmm. and so I never trick-or-treated I never got to do anything like that mm-hmm. and it was very it took any sort of the fun out of it and right. I feel I'm like I overcompensated as an adult <laughs> <laughs> we do have I was uh, downstairs in our crawl space looking at things and I was like we have a lot of Halloween costumes because we all were deprived of children so as an adult we went way out <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I spent hundreds of dollars. But see, like, I was kind of an artsy person. I mean, and you are, too. And I'm like, dressing up? Putting on crazy makeup? Yes! Let's do it! (laughs) I'm not a farmer this year because I wore, you know, overalls to school. And I had to, you know, people are like, what are you? Oh, I'm a farmer. I love that. I would plan my overalls Mm. for that day because I could be a farmer. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't. I feel like don't, like, make it miserable and don't make it a lie, but just make it fun. Yeah, make it fun. (laughs) What's another question we have here? Is it considered stealing to take pens from a bank? What about extra napkins from a fast food restaurant? Okay, how many extra napkins are we talking here? Because, like... Well, I mean, this could, let's say... Extra, how are you... Like, how are you going to know how much you can use? Like, if, if, they, if, if, it, if it is beyond the scope of possibility that you would use that much if you dumped your coffee on yourself, then I think that is too much. But if you, like, are driving and you're like, just in case, I think that's an adequate amount. And then you can put the rest in your little... Um, so you're using it glove- Glove box. So kind of a story. It's like preventative napkins. (laughs) Well, like a story at work would be we're having issues with people stealing toilet paper rolls. Oh, yeah. No. So, But if somebody had been like, oh, my nose is a little running, I'm going to take a little bit just in case my nose is running, put it in my pocket. That's different than somebody stealing the entire roll. (laughs) Yeah. Preventative versus hauling off with the whole entire thing. Well, what about when they put the loaf of bread on your table? And you're not hungry for the loaf now, and you shove it in your purse. In your purse? Well, I they don't can't. Know. They can't. Well, first of all, they can't reserve that bread. So no. if, if you if you don't eat it, it's gonna go wasted. So I feel like at that point, you can take you can do whatever you're, with the bread you want to, because they can't they can't do anything with the bread. With what napkins, they can all... they can use it. You know, everybody else can take. The what napkins. about all the jelly on the table at Denny's? Like the jam and jelly that a you jelly, put on your toast. Yeah, no. You need. Can to, you take all no, of them? No, no. And I don't think you should really take any other than what you're using. Hmm. Okay. Because th- that stays on the table, like, because it's in individualized packages. Oh. So it's not all for you. <laughs> 
But you could eat it if you were there. You could eat it. If you want to eat all that jelly while you're sitting there, have at it. But <laughs> what's the problem between eating the jelly now and 20 minutes from now at home on your own bread? <laughs> because one is taking more than you actually need for the situation. Oh. For sure. Okay. I think that that's a, this and like like this guy is like yeah an occasional pen from the bank is fine but not more than one I'm like I don't think anybody's really intentionally taking I don't I no don't people know. take pens all the time I don't know I'm uh, if I walk off with a pen it was completely an accident no but but like because I I mean I know at work like I'm always stealing pens but like they're kind of just a circular like everybody steal a little pen then you have to go get a new pen and then you get somebody else's pen and like they're just I feel like it's about 50% accident and 50% stealing and I have probably 5% of people ask me to take the pens oh really yeah I never in retail when I was at uh, Wildberry for 8 years I don't think I've ever once had somebody ask me to take they like my pens they'll take my pens all the time I don't really I think I have a UPS pens. <laughs> oh, those are awful. I have. They're the worst. They're the worst <laughs> pens ever. So, like, the pen situation, mm-hmm. I feel like, I think, I feel like when you go to the bank and the pen is, like, hooked to that snaky chain oh, thing. Yeah. I mean, I really it. think Obviously that that's an <laughs> unethical thing to rip the snaky chain if thing from, If they have from, the though. pens on the, like, counter with their logo on it, like, in a thing, then sure, take one. I feel like. Because then it's advertising. Yeah, that's probably what they what want you to what do. What you to do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're, yeah, you're taking it. <laughs> but if it's, like, actually attached, or if there's, like, a flower t- attached to it, like, taped to it, so that they don't take it. I mean, that's why they have those yeah. silly flower pens. Or, like, the Because spoon. people are always stealing yeah. pens. So don't intentionally do it. But I don't think you're, like, going to go to hell if you accidentally walk away with a pen, because hopefully not, because I do it all the time. <laughs> I once walked away with the bank with the, um... A little shooty thing up that you get up the drive-through that you put in the drive-through that goes up the what do you think those are called um the thing that you put your check in and it shoots up the uh the mini air. pipeline yeah pig? yeah there you go <laughs> is that what we're calling it that's all i can think of <laughs> okay well i drove away with one of those there's a name for those i was like oh shoot it's in my <laughs> car now what do i do so i like did a Yui, drove right back around and put it back. <laughs> well, I wonder how many it. times people have drove their way with those, though. That was the first time and only time I've ever done that. I had a but... friend who used to keep change in one, so they oh. obviously drove away with one, but they didn't do a Yui and bring it back. <laughs> I was terribly embarrassed. I think my face was beet red. Of course, there's cameras and everything, so I know that I knew. So mm. that kind of goes into, like, if a charity sends you free address labels. Well, and the reason I'm thinking that is because... A lot of my really cool pens come from pen companies that are trying to get me to buy pens. Oh, so they put your name on it, and then they say, buy our pens, they will look like this. Yeah, but I haven't bought pens in a really long time mm. because I rely on these companies to send me free pens. <laughs> they also send me free labels and things like that, and I use them. Is that mm. unethical no. to use address labels that you're not going to donate to this charity or you're not going to buy these? You have no intention to buy these things. Pens. I have no problem using it. In fact, there's this particular charity that keeps on sending me a stamp to use with my donation. Here's a real stamp to use with your donation. And, like, they're such a bad charity that I keep on being like, here's my stamp to use on my bill. (laughs) Because I'm like, no. (laughs) But, 
but yeah, like, are you going to name this charity that you keep stealing their stamps? No. Oh, I'm probably going to do an ethical quandary on some of their literature that they send out though sometime. Holy I think we did talk about them a little bit actually in the first, one of the first ones. In the first uh, episode that we did in missions, Mm -hmm. we talked about pressure tactics where they would, where they send you letters. If if people, if you don't send money now, you know, 10,000 people are going to hell. They're going to burn. Here's a stamp. Send your your thing. I'm like, uh, no. Here's but a stamp for, for, my stamp. <laughs> for my bill. <laughs> but yeah, if somebody sends you something that you didn't ask for, it's fair game. Ah, completely fair game because I mean you didn't ask for it. It just landed in your. And what is your what is your other option? Is your other option is to throw it away and waste it. So yeah, you might as well use the flowers with your name your label on it. <laughs> So, okay, into the work specter. Your boss gives you credit for a project on which someone else did most of the work. Should you accept the praise? No, and here's why. Because 90% of the time, that person is a woman who did all the work and, like, the man is taking the praise. But even if not, (laughs) that happens a lot, by the way, and it's a huge problem. Because, and then the other thing is, is that a woman will speak up with an idea in the boardroom and a man will repeat it 10 minutes later, and it will be his idea. And how great was his idea? Um, Men don't repeat things that women say. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know what you're talking about. We actually have a really funny clip on uh, YouTube on, on Tip Kingsley, if you ever check out Tip Kingsley's uh, YouTube. Yes. Uh, so uh, a... I am trying a piece of candy mm. on this channel, mm. of my husband's mm. YouTube channel, and I am trying a piece of candy, and I say, this tastes like, ri-. we're in Bali, mm-hmm. and I say, this tastes like rice candy. Mm-hmm. And legitimately, two seconds later, my husband says, you know what this tastes like? It tastes like rice candy. And that's my life. Mm-hmm. Like, just this repeating of what you say. Right. So, it's pretty funny, yeah. actually. But, yeah, uh, if you didn't do all the work, then say something graciously, like, actually... You know, my partner so and so did most of the work on this, and I really appreciated their help. They were, they were, and so hopefully they'll get you back next time, and say the same thing. But yeah, it's really important because it's a huge thing with uh, sexism in our culture that men sometimes take the credit for the work that women do. So, so I had a question, and this is probably going to go into a whole nother podcast idea, which we'll talk about later because we did talk about like doing this as a as a podcast, but. but so, the Bible talks about modesty, not wearing gold jewelry, and, like, showing off wealth, basically. Mm. And so, is it uh, appropriate to, like, wear your coach purse with big old coach symbols on it? The ostentatious brands, like the Tiffany with the Tiffany necklace. The, the like, or, you know, the Audi with the, like, quattro, whatever. I love like. Audis. <laughs> but, like, is it, is it appropriate to, like, flash the brand? Oh, are we supposed to cover it up? Well, like a car, it's a little bit difficult because, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but, because <laughs> you're going to see the card brand. But, like, if, like, a brand, like, if you're wearing it just for the brand, that brand, that. I think it's all beyond, it's all intention. Mm-hmm. It's all, what is your intention? Mm-hmm. I actually own, oh, three pieces of coach, which were all given to me as mm-hmm. gifts. And not as new gifts. Mm-hmm. I know I've not bought anything new. 
coach. So I do own coach. I don't use it much. I have like a leather satchel that I use for work sometimes, but I like that it's leather Mm -hmm. and no one can tell that it's coach. And I took the little coach dangly thing off of it that says coach. So I kind of like that no one can tell. Mm -hmm. And it's just a brown basic leather. And I really, that's what I like about Mm -hmm. it because I'm not a fan of the ostentatious, Mm -hmm. uh, screaming, showy, showy, because I feel really odd, Mm -hmm. Um, really conspicuous and Mm -hmm. really like fake. And I I don't, because it's not me. Mm -hmm. So I don't like that. But I do notice that some people do it on purpose, mm-hmm. and they, like, really want people to think a certain way about them. Do I think that's unethical? It's, well, first, it's your, really is, annoying, right. first of all. What is your intention with it? Well, like, if, you know, your inten- if, if your, your, intention hus- is if your to husband make- got you this beautiful coach purse with coach all over it, and your intention was, my husband got me this beautiful purse... And so I love my husband, and so I'm going to walk around with his purse because he got me this purse. I think that's a perfectly fine intention. Well, I mean, and we're talking <laughs> about Coach here. Yeah. It's, just... it's just a throwing out. It's a brand that I know. I don't know many brands because this is not my thing. But obviously, I'm like, <laughs> Audi? I don't know. I'm married Audi. to Mike, apparently. <laughs> I like that you threw that one in there. It's like, huh. I got Tiffany, I got Coach, I got Audi. That's the brands I know. Oh. <laughs> I know Old Navy. I know how to to find Old Navy brands in the curtain call and not buy them. <laughs> but but if you're like just using it to show off your wealth, that is your intention to show off your wealth, or to act like you have wealth. Wealth, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it could be unethical. I think so too. Because I think, I think that is like the definition of immodesty. I agree. Is like being showy offy and like showing up the rest of the you know people in your community and saying oh I'm better than you because I have this this possession yeah I it, having a like serviceable leather purse is not bad but like having that brand flash just with your intention just to show off it, it mm-hmm. really does stand out to me when people are trying to let me know mm-hmm. how much money they have right because they do like to flaunt their importance mm-hmm. and I'd like just talking to a woman the other day who mentioned actually she was funny enough was talking about Tiffany's <laughs> and she mentioned about 15 times how much Tiffany's she had just bought this last week and it just went overboard to the point where I was like I didn't feel like I was giving her enough interest for her to continue to talk about it that much but she, she really continued. wanted you to know she hmm. really wanted me to know and so I'm like at that point I'm like okay if you really want me to know that you're very important that you mm-hmm. have lots of money and that you really like this brand <laughs> of jewelry then you can continue to talk but it doesn't impress me right so more or less I feel bad for people that need that in their life so unethical me yeah I mean I guess <laughs> more annoying to me <laughs> Do you feel like it would be unethical not to lend money to friends or family? Not? Not to. Are you obligated to lend money to friends and family? Oh, am I obligated to? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. <laughs> Absolutely Flat out not. no. <laughs> no, I'm, it's an absolute no, mm-hmm. I'm not obligated to. I don't think so either. Lend money. And that one was a shocking even question, like, that. why that even would come up. But, like, I feel like lending is, like, definitely, like, you have to look at your finances first of all. And, like, can you afford it? And then look at the other person, what they're asking for, and, like, consider it. And consider, I would consider, like, any lent money basically a gift at that point. Because if you want to maintain a relationship with your friend or family, then you shouldn't expect it back. 
No, I totally agree. And if you can't do that, then financially, then you shouldn't be lending money and you should be watching your own finances. And so I think that's your first obligation is to be a good steward of your own finances. I think I'm absolutely not obligated to lend money to my friends and family. I am obligated to my friends and family to help them. Mm -hmm. And there's many ways you can do that other than lending money. Yes. And there's, I, there's many I feel as reasons if there's, you shouldn't lend money. <laughs> I feel as if there's a responsibility to be there for my friends mm-hmm. and family. I feel like if at all possible, like we once had something happen that was really shocking to me with a friend. We went into the ditch and called them mm-hmm. and they were like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll come, you know, help. And they never came. <laughs> and I thought that that was the weirdest Mm -hmm. thing ever Mm -hmm. like absolutely bizarre like we were in the ditch in the winter Mm -hmm. and this person never came and never gave us an explanation never called and said you know oh you know i got stuck too or no i think i rushed my actually i think that they did i think that they did give us an explanation later and it was just that they didn't want to and i thought that that was the most insane thing Needless to say, I'm not real close mm-hmm. to this person anymore, and there's many reasons. But, like, that, I feel like you kind of have an obligation to at least tell your friend, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, like, we're out of town, or I can't mm-hmm. do that, right. or I've got this appointment. Right. But let me, you know, try, try to problem to, solve yeah. with you mm-hmm. and try to find someone else. Call the truck and, like, figure out just how to anything. get the, so, my, my other friend and figure this out. Yeah. Definitely don't think you're obligated for money. And I think money hurts a lot of relationships. Yeah. But I do think you're obligated... To be of help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To and, like, if your, you know, family was addicted to substances, then you're obligated pretty much not to give that person But money. that's your help. Right. And that is helpful. And, like, basically never do anything other than get them into treatment, basically. And in that case, that would be helping them. So, yeah. Yeah. So, money is not always help. No. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone's obligated. I, I'm shocked that there are people out there that actually <laughs> do think that. And But I can see that they would. I know lots of families that operate that way, and friendships. So here's the the final one I think we're going to talk about. Do you have to speak up when somebody tells an offensive joke? Oh. <laughs> um. Okay, here's a, here's a question. Do you have to speak up when somebody posts an offensive joke on social media? I already put something out there asking people about that. It is an ethical quandary. So for me, on social media, I feel like it's an ethical, like, it's, that's more of an ethical quandary because I'm like, uh, you'd have to like. I feel like it has the potential to false news, <sighs> false information has the potential to go so far uh-huh. online, versus standing in a group of five people. Oh, see, now I'm actually the other way. I am actually think it's more of your responsibility when you're face to face with somebody. No, I'm not saying that oh, it's not. Okay. I'm saying I'm just stating the yeah, fact it, that it there's does. a potential yeah. for it to go for a, lot, go a further lot further than with five people. Right. Does that make a difference? All right. And you, you said false news. I'm like, okay, offensive joke. Offensive joke. Like an offensive meme. Something that's slightly racist. On on Facebook. On do Facebook? You, do you have to say something? No. Yeah, I pretty much just block everybody. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I've even gone past that. Where mm. I don't unfollow or I just unfriend. Uh, yeah. I don't want just to like, see nope, it. Done. Like, I'm not dealing with this person mm-hmm. anymore. Which which is it in and of itself a response. Yes. But I've said things. So it depends on the person. Depends on the instance. Depends, depends, it's, depends. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's there's been certain circumstances where I'm like, this person will listen and they don't usually post things like this and they maybe did not think it through. Mm. And, like, in that case, a private message. 
So face to face. Face to face, I feel like it is my responsibility to say something every single time. I'm, Do you say I just, it to strangers? I don't know if a lot of strangers tell me racist jokes. I feel like strangers tell me more racist jokes than anyone else. I don't deal with a lot of strangers. I'm in my office all day by myself, so... <laughs> so put yourself in my shoes. Someone comes right. in and is a customer mm-hmm. and tells and a racist customer, joke. That See, now that's the thing. Is it because Does like, it have to be racist? No sexist or yeah. anything? Yeah. Inappropriate joke. They come in I don't. I feel like joke. it. at the least you just don't laugh. Like, I do a no, lot of blank do not, Yeah, the blank stare is a response. It is a response, and it's an appropriate response. Oh, wow. Is a response. An appropriate response. <laughs> Why would you say that? Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite one. <laughs> that's a response. And, like, you don't have to be, like, get it all into it, but I think that it deserves a sexist or racist, offensive. Like, in our culture right now, the more people speak up, the better. And, yeah, the why would you say that makes the, their impetus on them to explain their justification for saying something horrible. But, yeah, you don't have to, like, get in a huge fight. But you did write me one more question. Oh, what was my one more question? You wrote, donating cheap clothes versus reusing them rags. Okay. <laughs> so what I meant by that. That's what was. I was going to say. <laughs> Please explain. There's a quandary on the interweb that you can donate, like, pretty worn clothes, worn out clothes to, like, Salvation Army, just throwing them in a bag, and they land there, and there's nothing that they can do about it, because you just, like, you know, with a consignment shop, they sort through and say, no, and we're not taking these. But a lot of those really worn things end up in third world countries, and just bales, and it just, like, ends up in landfills eventually. Mm. And so that's the quandary, is should you donate them? Or should you use them at home? And my thing is, is like, I, I like actually have like a box of material right now sitting there going, I'm like, I do not need this much rags. I don't. I do not need a box of rags, like a huge box of rags. I'm like, I don't know what to do with them. Because I'm like, I could throw them away, which ends up in our landfill. I could donate them, which will end up in a third world landfill. We don't want that. Or I could use them as rags and they'll just, like, slowly disintegrate. But I will have enough rags to, like, last a lifetime. So I did a donation today instead of throwing away. I donated a bag of towels and Mm -hmm. sheets. Okay, that is the box that I was talking about. So I'm glad that's where It's not rags. No, Um, I went through it and it's not. Well, like, but basically you could turn it into rags, but. We could, but the reason I was keeping that box was because I had thought it was a really good box to put together if we knew someone whose house burned burned down. down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so So when I went through it, they were fine Mm -hmm. to donate. Okay. Nothing had holes, stains, Mm -hmm. or, you know, excessive wear. Some Mm -hmm. was faded, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the I towels get, like, actually were pretty good. I get, like, clothes that are pretty, like, because I wear things to death, and I get things that I'm like, I can't, like, what do I do with this? <laughs> it's, like, so dead that nobody's going to ever want to wear this. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a quandary. <laughs> do you want it to end up in your landfill or someone else's landfill? Because it's the same earth. Yeah, I know. And so, I'm, I'm just like, oh. So if anybody has any great ideas what to do with lots oh, of... Uh, you can make rag rugs. I know. And I, that's my thing. How many I rugs, that, though, do that you That was my first, my first, I think, episode. I said I know how to make rag rugs, but I don't do it. I don't have time. I was just talking to my boss today about how I have tons of berries in the refrigerator. I'm like, oh, I could go berrying this weekend. And I'm like, I have 
16 Ziplocs of berries in the freezer and I don't do anything with them because I don't have time for that shit. <laughs> I've got a full-time job. <laughs> and no kids. So, okay, so here's my little whining. <laughs> no kids at home. <laughs> but I don't have time. I feel like I had more time when the kids were here. I feel like so. Our lives were more structured. Yeah. So, did we judge the heck out of all of those different things? I think we did. Our ethical product this week is National Picnic. And we've been talking about having just, like, loads of clothes and what to do with them. Well, National Picnic actually makes casual style and made in very small batches. And she can make things for you. So, like, if you, like, are a size 8 on top and a size 14 on bottom, like some of us, she can make those things to fit. And because she makes small batches, there's less material waste. It's not fast fashion, so you're not going to just throw it away. It's not, like, super trendy, trendy styles so that it's just going to go out next year. So... It's sewn in the USA. You can contact her and figure out your sizing. It's it's just a one a female business owner that runs it, and she's actually moving into a new shop this August, and so shipping is free through August because she's moving all the equipment and everything. So check her out. She's got really cute styles. <laughs> I like National Picnic. I have followed her on social media for a while. You can choose your fabric mm-hmm. and that's one of the things I like. You can choose your style. She talks to you about what would look good on you. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Yeah. I feel like it's a really good pricing. Wait, yeah. Especially for it's, you know, all just small batch stuff. Yes. And so you're not going to end up looking like everybody else. Which is difficult in a small town, in a small state, small meaning people-wise and (laughs) selection-wise, that you don't wear the exact same thing as someone else. Mm -hmm. So you can find her at www.nationalpicnic.com and you can follow her on Instagram and we'll put our link under our post on Facebook. Thank you guys for listening to Ethical Quandaries, what were we, where we have a lot of questions, but no answers, and we're judging, judging you anyway. <laughs> Technical support and photography by Tip Kingsley. Consultation by Mid Toker. Production music by EpidemicSound.com. Editing by me, Jessica Veldstrom. If you have an ethical quandary or a comment, you can email us at ethicalquandaries at outlook.com. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And support our work at patreon.com.